This is Bliss Oasis. Change your thinking, change your life. Welcome again to Bliss Oasis Africa, where we tell the untold stories of everyday people. At Bliss Oasis, we believe that everyone has a story and we go out there giving them opportunities to tell it. And some of the stories can be hilarious, heart-rendering, inspiring, and educative. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Patrick Ngogi. Welcome to the 17th episode of Bliss Oasis Africa podcast. In this episode, we continue with our series dubbed Living a Magical Life, in which we explore Kate Cobain's book, Magical Musings of the Law of Attraction. Meanwhile, this week we are privileged to host Jeff Wawero, a filmmaker, a photographer, a web designer, and a mountain climber, all rolled into, into one. Jeff Awero, who owns an art studio at his house in Nanyuki town, tells us how he left, tells us how he fell in love with the town after a routine documentary shooting and decided to migrate from Nairobi, which seemed too hostile to him. Stay tuned and listen to his story after this week's segment of Magical Living, in which we discuss plugging in. told many a time, but we keep on forgetting that the kingdom of God is within us. This means that we are connected to God directly since He is in each one of us. However, we get disconnected from Him when we forget our true nature, and instead of attracting God-like qualities such as peace, love, harmony, abundance, and many more, we attract the opposite, which is discord hatred and disharmony just because we carry this untruth that tells us that we are separate from each other and even from God. Peace starts when we remember that we can enjoy all attributes of God, such as peace, love, abundance, among others, only when we reconnect. When we stop unplugging from the source, but stay plugged in. When you remain connected, you realize that you are a physical extension of source energy with access to all power of boundless universe. You are a master creator, constantly creating your life in exact, exact accord with your thought and feelings. You are an eternal being, worthy of all your desires. Oneness is your natural state. Plugging in is just a matter of allowing connection. Because the power is already available, existing in you, and through you, and for you. And you stay plugged in through prayer, meditation, communion with nature, or whatever makes you happy. The better you feel, the more plugged in you are. Thank you. Let us now go to our interview with Jeff all the way from Nanyuki. Gariboni. Yeah. So, Jeff Awero, welcome to this yeah. Oasis. Africa podcast, uh, which we've been Thank doing. You. Yeah, we've been doing this uh, 
only on audio, but for the first time, and you are lucky. Yeah, Uh, yeah, but it's great overall. It is quite hot. Many changes around. since you were last year. I right now it's a bit hot, but mm. where I am, it gets a bit windy, which is why yes. I'm wearing a jacket. Oh yeah, I can um, see. Because I'm, I'm a bit high up. Yeah. Mm. Um, but is it, is it, is it, it's but, not cold at the moment? No, it's not cold. Just at night. Oh, right. in the morning. But, yeah, yeah, I remember. And you can be January terribly, weather. yeah, it can be terribly cold during the cold season. And when yeah. it decides hard, it can yeah. decide to be hard. Uh, yeah, so tell us... Yeah, um, how have you been? Yeah. Well, I've been fine since I left Nanyuki five yeah. years ago. I, yeah. I think I need another yeah. visit. Yeah, you won't <laughs> recognize it. <laughs> you will take me around. And I think with the new trains coming out, it's going to be more exciting. I'll charge you a tourism fee. Nanyuki <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is full of tourism hustlers. ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニーズ、ジャニ
So I was just little things were frustrating me about Nairobi, and mm. I was willing to try something else. But who are you born? Why born in Nairobi? I came up here. I was born in Nairobi. I was born in yeah, born and raised, uh, mm. but partly uh, earliest years of my life, my first three years were in uh, Moranga, where my parents are from, and then and then when I was. Uh, I would split like between Moranga, right. between one and three. I was like between Moranga so, and Nairobi. So, Nairobi. I was, I was, so um, yeah, I was in Nanyuki from 2012, and you are already yeah. there. You are already there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came in 2010. Yeah. So you're two years ahead of me. Mm, exactly. It's getting a bit hot. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, yeah I, came, I, I came in 2010 through our mutual friend Edwin. Yeah, Edwin. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so, the only so, person I owe I knew. Yeah. Okay, so when you came to Nanyuki, you came to do the shooting, the movie, the music video. Yeah. And after yeah, that, you it's on YouTube, I'll send you a link. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and you found Nanyuki attractive. And yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It was you you get most of the things that you you know those things that make life a bit sort of comfortable in in bigger towns you know so some amenities here and there you know you have a few stops for markets you have some joints where you can meet people you know it's not such a quiet town for how far it is from Nairobi you know and how small it is so there was activity, uh, and then also people my age at the time would, when they get to that age, they move to Nairobi. They don't, you know, if you're from here, that is, it was a bit boring for you know when you finish college, you're going the other way rather than coming back up. Mm-hmm. So there was little jobs to be done here and there, you know, um, mm-hmm. which you can talk about. I, I taught some Kiswahili uh, to some foreigners. Oh. I, <laughs> did some so you taught Kiswahili? Are you still teaching Kiswahili? And to whom? Um, not really at the moment. No, no, no. But, but who are you teaching Kiswahili? I haven't taught for. Had some. Had a bunch of students. I had some uh, NGO uh, experts who would yeah. come to. Yeah, some students. Um, I had one, one, one of my long-term students so is someone who's from here. She's a nice old lady who speaks Kiswahili, but she doesn't like have a good vocabulary. Okay. So she was trying to improve her reading, you know, and sentence construction. She had kitchen Swahili, you know, yeah, what was it? Swahili was it? So he wanted to get better. So, okay, so what happened? Yeah. You came to Nanyuki, you, you, you already done your course in, in computer graphics, yeah. or what do you call it, uh, graphic design, and also... Yeah, graphic design and animation. Yes, so, have you given me, have you earned from that, you know, that course that you did? I mean, have, have you been well engaged in whatever you went to college? Yeah, um, so when I came here, so it was a very compressed course that I did in college. It was only one year long, but they tried to stuff everything, you know. It was the college equivalent of Duty's one-stop shop. We cut keys, we also sell, <laughs> you know, so that's... This college had a journalism course, web design, graphics. Yeah. It's always in the paper, by the way. It's a college that's always in the, in the right, right, right. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. You, now, you, now you have come back. So, when I came here, yes. Yeah, when I came here, the work that was here was most of the work was web design and graphic design. Um, that's what I survived on for my in my early times in Anyuki. And then, um, and then I started working at this place. Uh, then, if you remember, it was called the Lily Pond. Yes, it was an art center. 
Yeah, it had an art gallery, art center. It had a bar. We used to show movies um, every week. Um, so it was a creative space, artist in residence, blah, blah, blah. So there I do um, all sorts of odd things um, from design to event organizing work to hosting uh, related things, um, stuff like that. And then when that, while I was still there, um, in high school, I'd been photographing a little bit. Um, I've been, you know, I was in the journalism club. Okay. Uh, chairman and custodian of camera. <laughs> so, so when we went to, when we went to events, I'd, you know, take those 50 more pictures and, wow. you know, hope that the film is still, you know, in good condition and I get home. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I picked that up again while I was at Lillipon because it was not like the most demanding job, you know, oh, so I had time to explore photography again. Is this um, Lillipon still there? Um, not really. It's, not, it's, uh, it's gone through many transitions. All right. Now it's a it's a shadow of its former self. <laughs> are they calling it um, Lilipon? No. So exactly I'm not for, sure for viewers, exactly what was Lilipon all about? It's a place that's set up um, on a pond. There's a pond that has lilies, mm. and it has it had a few structures, and then the guys who came and set up the place that was known as the Lily Pond Art Center. They came and added an art gallery mm. and added a artist in residence studio. Okay. So when they came and added those two things, um, they did art programs. Um, there was a restaurant too. Um, also being Nanyuki, there was a the usual tourist stuff, you know. Um, equator take a picture on the equator because it was right on the equator where it's located it's right on the equator um yeah so there was it was it was a place where a lot of people yeah um, so i remember also like a a local joint for everyone to catch up yeah so i remember those days when i was there we were doing a a picture with you you were doing a website for me so i can know what kind of stuff you're doing in a meeting but between them and now yeah. Our thing. I mean, how have you progressed? What are you doing now? Maybe yeah. this is also a chance for you to tell our viewers what you can do for them. Sell yourself. Tell them what? Say that again? What you can do for them. Sell yourself. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, back then, uh, photography was still just... My photography was in its uh, sort of infancy. Was it digital say, already? In terms of... Yeah, it was, um, but uh, there wasn't like a lot of work. I would do the odd thing here and there. But actually in 2015 or 14, 15, I think, I had... Uh, That's when I left. It's like you were waiting for me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 2015, yeah, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, in 2014 actually was the first time I did this job. Uh, there is a, a bike race that happens here called uh, 10 to 4 mountain bike race. And they go from 10,000 feet to 4,000 feet. Um, and oh, they come down. down. Uh-huh. They yeah. From Montenegro. Um, okay. Yeah, from um, a point that's uh, about 10,000 feet, I think that's why it's called 10 to 4. Um, but it's not exactly at, uh, it's somewhere near Kisima. It's on Kisima actually where they start, their, their starting point. Um, and then they go all the way down to Borana, they end at Borana. Um, so the previous, uh, I'm getting my ears all mixed up, just, you know, when you get old. In, <laughs> in, 20, in, in 2013, yeah. um, a good friend of mine had started working at Lewa and she wanted people who would do, would cover the marathon, the lower marathon. Sorry, I'm yes. mixing up stories, but she wanted people who would cover the marathon for, you know, um, little pay because, you know, we were like interns back then. Um, so we, 
um, she gave me this opportunity to cover the marathon as a starting out photographer um, and then I used those pictures to get the 10 to 4 job um, so I, I photographed 10 to 4 um, it was my first time in a helicopter it was uh, amazing yeah photographing from a helicopter was quite mm. an experience from the um, photographing the, mar- the, the maradonas the, the riders this is now the, oh, the mountain riders. bike race so oh, okay. yeah just following them from that mm. elevation all the way down and, mm. yeah it was a ma- amazing opportunity mm. um and then uh, from there there was just trickle you know jobs here and there um and then slowly i started to because my intention was always to end up in film mm. and to make um fictional films which I still haven't cracked and you know uh, 2021 is hopefully the year yeah you need a for that, <laughs> but, you, need uh, a, for that you need a producer you need a, a lump sum of money yeah there's a yeah there's a lot more money requirement and all that um mm-hmm. so I started doing a little corporate gigs documentary work um especially in 2017 2018 I started shooting for conservation mostly um, for video that is I've been doing mostly photo now I, I started doing more video um, went to uh, started going to the north for the first time I had not ventured to Samburu proper um, it was my first time beyond Isiolo up those sides whole other world um, <laughs> Uh, working with the uh, NRT and um, uh, Lewa and uh, Reteti people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's mostly that has mostly been my bread and butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. just um, so, little events, little um, so, conservation so projects. So this bike, bike uh, thing, is it the one that yeah. gave you the interest of? climbing the mountain or you're really doing it because you know you're a mountain climber yeah climbing the mountain happened because um i was always fascinated with it but it felt very expensive you know when i had inquired about how much it would cost to climb it was very expensive Hello? so from, from where you are sitting where is the mountain which direction is the mountain it's right there i don't know you can probably see it. oh beyond the top building there. and the the it's on top of that building yeah the pics okay. on top of that yeah. oh i see i it's wish bit, it was clear it would be yeah, it's a bit crazy it's a bit hazy it's a, it's a bit hazy yeah so you thought it's, but expensive. it's usually um, it was it was quite expensive. like you can't just climb alone um mm. if if you have maybe at least three people it starts to become more manageable cost wise mm. um but anyway i'd put it off as something i'd do in the future so you are always fascinated by the mountain and you did you know yeah. or plan that one day you're going to climb the mountain you said yes Very but you thought it was expensive it was expensive so i left it as something i'd do in the future yeah. and then um we had some friends who were doing uh, scientific research up there they were on an exhibition expedition yeah. um and we were hosting them uh, where I used to live um, was I was kind of hosting them a little bit this was in 2015 okay. no, 2016 sorry mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so I was hosting them there 2015 so <laughs> mixed up yeah 2015 um, That's when I had so I was hosting them there mm-hmm. November 2015 is when I first climbed um, Mount Kenya because they, this guy said, um, we are climbing and, you know, we're doing, we have camera traps up there. They were catching little uh, mammals and processing them. And they were from uh, Mpala. And you had to come along. Uh, yeah. So they said, that, you know, since you're hosting us and you've been very kind, you can come along. And, you know, so we how, went up. So how do you uh, feel about that? It was great. It was I was very underprepared. <laughs> I don't even think I'd camped properly before that. Maybe mm. I'd camped like five times. Mm. Yeah, like and and those five times I'd never like 
come in harsh conditions because on the mountain uh, if you're not prepared it's really harsh conditions uh, so the so actually help to prepare well there was a very short preparation time mm-hmm. and it was like you know you come or we leave you ah. so um I, I at first I went with safari boots. I had mm-hmm. safari boots, and <laughs> someone had to donate their extra boots because mm-hmm. my feet were frozen. Um, oh. It was a slog. We went on a route actually that is very special because it's not used a lot. Um, it's a route through the bamboo mm-hmm. forest, which is a it's called the Bagurets route. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it's not very often explored there's still little mammals you can if you're doing scientific work it's yeah. the best place to catch things you know because it's not very disturbed there's uh, not that much activity mm. um so yeah so we, we climbed uh, made it to lenana in the in a very cold conditions uh it was so you were rainy, the day, like hell. You, what time did you arrive how long did it take you from We did something that is not very advisable. Um, so on the first day when we left like Nanyuki town, we left in the afternoon and we just got to the campsite where we were like the lowest campsite. These guys had three campsites at different levels. And They had one in the bamboo. How far was it? From... And that's this, is, this was just pretty close to the fort. Huh? On the walking, first day. Just yeah? walking, No no with this we didn't walk we 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 walked for about 5 hours say five or, hours no 3 hours say no maybe 3 hours actually mm. the first day mm. um it was not the best planned um approach to summiting okay. okay. um we were not there for summiting purposes it was mm. for you know to collect these camera traps yeah um and i was tagging along to dandia basically um mm. so i was going on their schedule So the first day wasn't even really a climbing day. It's the the program of the climbing started on the second day where we went from um the bamboo forest. First day we walked four hours, the second day we walked um all day. We left in the morning at eight and we got to um the caves at around six. Um because it's very steep. On the on on this side the, on this side of the mountain is very steep to climb in the lower mm-hmm. sections Narumoro Bagurets mm-hmm. while on the other side towards Timau is a bit more gradual and you know mm-hmm. you, you climb at a better it's yeah. easier it's it's the best way to climb to go so, on a gradual so slope how long did it take you from okay you are doing stuff along the way but how long did it take you from yeah so one day we got to just over three thousand. Meters above sea level. The second day, we went all the way from the caves, which are nicknamed Highland Castle, because we're sleeping in a cave. Mm. And we went all the way to Austrian Hut, which is just below the summit. It's the worst way to climb. It's the hardest thing I ever done. Every other time I've climbed the mountain, I've tried not to do it like that. Um, So it was a long day. That was mm-hmm. we walked all day. We so, left in the morning at eight, and we got there at uh, seven eight. <laughs> twelve hours long. Very twelve hours of tough snow walking. Hours. Mm. And uh, after that, you said after yeah. that, after that you were better prepared, and you did yeah. so, a better way. Uh, so that is only that is only to the heart where. We summited where we summited from. So in mm. the following morning, we woke up at five and summited, and then went all the way down. You know. So usually, mm. um, after that, as you say, I was better prepared for the mm. next trip. Mm. It was. It felt like a, a stroll in the park, <laughs> which is how it's supposed to feel. You know. So, um, so if you do it properly, like a tourist. Mm. So now, do you yeah. do it for hobby or how? Why? Why? Yeah, it's something you love doing. I mean, what's the issue? I mean, it's, why? It's very, it's very different up there. It's like, it's, it's not like going to the beach. You know how 
you know, for the same reasons that the beach tickles you or, mm. you know, wilderness or whatever, mm. up there is so different. It looks some, and it's vast. You can't explore all of it um, in whatever. I, I know a guy who's climbed more than a hundred times and he mm. still hasn't seen so much of it. But one um, has to be very... It looks so... Not very. Not very. Mm. Not very. Just... Mm. Um, you'll go up there and find 15 year olds my this last time i went again this year mm. for my fifth or sixth trip mm. and my little brother came with me and he's 15 and he managed um, ah. he was very tired he was <laughs> beaten up but it was a good experience for him so how managed, steep can yeah. it be the steepest oh, part yeah. mm. uh, there are some inclines that are quite steep where you're literally just it's like stairs Mm. some bits you know and yeah you most have, of the journey is a, is a yeah you have to have the, the ropes and all the gadgets security gadgets to... no when you're when you're getting near the top just yeah. before you get to just before you get to the summit there's a, a via ferrata in the mm. in the walls of the because it's all rocky so there's a cable that's um what's it called uh, it, there's nuts that hold the bolts that hold this cable to the mm. rocks mm. so as you're coming up because a lot of snow you mm. hold on to this cable and, and parts of this cable are actually huh who put those cables there um some mountaineering collaborative projects mm. uh, um, some people collaborated with i think they were even foreign uh, maybe the guys who built austrian huts because it's quite the job to do it's not it's not something that's easy to do um and the cable has been there a long time because a lot of it is under snow um so you'll be going and then you get to a point and it's it disappears it's been snowed on and it, it, you can't pull it back out so um, have you played as a guide uh, because there are people who actually do that job as guides yeah for tourists. no I, I i i haven't i haven't and for me, it's just uh, I go there, I come back with amazing photographs. Mm. I get a uh, uh, beautiful. Uh, it's very different. You, mm. you, it's almost spiritual. You, you, you feel mm. something very different when you come back from it. I think, it from it. I think yeah. many people go there for spiritual yeah. reasons, and uh, yeah. I think that's why the Gekuyu used to play facing Mount Kenya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you do with those photographs that you take there? Do you sell them? Do you share them. I, um, I'm, I'm trying to sell them. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll send you a link where you can buy them. Um, you know, and uh, your fans can buy them. <laughs> yeah, so tell me, tell me um, if anybody wants to come and climb Mount Kenya, hmm. what advice can you give them? Uh, bring four pairs of socks. Uh, six, uh, four pairs of socks. Mm-hmm pairs of woolly socks um have have a pair of everything have a have a change of clothes you know mm. you don't need to bring so many things um you you want avoid cotton that's the uh, first thing i would say because when you sweat in cotton it doesn't dry off quickly and then it starts to freeze on your body mm. and then it becomes a source of cold itself but if uh-huh. you have like this uh, athletic if you have athletic materials or mm. uh, like fleece or mm. that kind of material, okay. um, it even when you sweat, it dries pretty quickly, so mm. it doesn't end up becoming, you know, mm. uh, a hypothermia source. Um, so you just get the right materials of clothes. Avoid cotton. Bring four pairs of socks, mm. uh, some hiking boots, a change of shoes, because yeah. you won't wear the same shoes the whole time, you know. Some in fact, in the daytime, if it's not raining, you can walk in sneakers. They are quite comfortable. What, what or running want, shoes. What would they want to have in their rucksack when they are climbing up there? Uh, so when you climb, the the guides, um, you have to bring a porter, uh, a couple of porters, so, and the okay. porters will carry most of your stuff. Uh, porters, what, like the porters. Porters. Okay. So yeah. when you, the person who will take you, yeah, the mm. the guides will have. Uh, the many porters they bring who carry your um, oh. essentials, you know, because mm. you need to cook. 
you mm. cook when you're there you know you don't bring like processed food you know you want to eat a warm meal when you're at the end of a long day of hiking mm. so um you in your day pack the porter will carry most of the will do most of the heavy lifting as it mm. you will only carry what you use in the daytime you know um your water a jacket sweater change of socks extra pair of shoes that's it you know um but if you're roughing it out there's times when I've climbed when I've had to carry 80% of my stuff because I was not paying for the guiding experience I was going along with you know um people it wasn't a tourist experience it was just I was going with some friends for a cheap trip um, so when you do that you, you carry a lot but I would advise you especially if it's your first time talk to someone who guides and goes up along a lot um they will really make your life easy it can be very comfortable up there to the point that you don't notice it's so strenuous you know it becomes a very you know because the moment you struggle so much it starts to become unpleasant you know you you want it to still maintain a Okay. good memories you know okay. yeah yeah and is there the be- is there a best time to go to the mountain and is there a, a time in the year when one should not go yeah yeah um <laughs> july is at generally when it's I, i would not go when it's very wet um but if you are someone it depends on what you're looking for if you want to see snow <laughs> you go at the height of our rainy season and you won't believe how much snow you see um a month ago there was so much snow um january is kind of a good bet january up to early february is a good time there's a lot of sun um august is a good time um generally just avoid the very rainy times because we also want good views to get nice pictures um yeah so between the wet seasons those, those are the best times yeah you mentioned the two routes you mentioned bagureti route and yeah. uh, and we call it what yellow there's a narumoro route there's yeah. bagureti there's a sirimon and mm. uh, sirimon is on the side of uh, timao there's an atimao route there is a the best one is chogoria that one wow. is very beautiful why um, it's full of lakes yeah it has a lot of lakes mm. it has um it's just amazing that one is the one you know if you can afford you go but it's far you know you have to go through meru you go to chogoria side you take a cruiser from chogoria oh. you know so i my experience is mostly from this side i okay. i don't um but somebody coming from nairobi uh, it, it doesn't matter the yeah. distance because it doesn't matter yeah it's far yeah. for you because we're in nanyuki it's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. yeah 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 i'm privileged yeah i'm privileged yeah i think you are nanyuki is a very beautiful place yeah. and yeah. Uh, have you ever climbed another mountain or another hill mountain yeah uh, but there is um quite similar environment to here it's mm-hmm. also quite high yeah. but there is not um there are no like uh, proper peaks you know um uh, what else have i climbed not uh, kilimanjaro not kilimanjaro um actually you, i'm not even have you met somebody yeah? have you met somebody who has climbed on kilimanjaro then might have compared it with climbing Mount Kenya and what did they say Yeah yeah they they say Mount Kenya has so many more variations in the terrain when you if you take especially the right route if you like go through Chogoria mm-hmm. it's an experience you can get on Kilimanjaro for instance okay. you know it's just so beautiful you know um, Kilimanjaro is a bit more straightforward in uh, in its uh, ecosystems and in comparison to Mount Kenya um also just the nature of the of the summit of mount kenya is such yeah. that um it's a collapsed caldera so when you get up there when you get to a certain elevation you even yeah. start going down you, you yeah. know so you find yourself in air yeah, in these valleys that look like you're in mars and ah. vegetation you've never seen you know right. um, and how far yeah, you, as, you, as you climb i'm sure there are there are communities like villages and so on until 
a certain point um, or, or um, not not much because beyond the bounds of the beyond the ones who are farming potatoes mm-hmm. so there's a program where the forestry service and farmers have this arrangement i think where they grow potatoes on a rotational basis mm-hmm. um, so when they're not growing potatoes maybe they plant trees and then when one area the trees are harvested they switch to potatoes mm-hmm. stuff like that um, and that is on the um, near the airstrip from the uh, from this Narumoro Bagoret site mm-hmm. um, where well, the the least touristy site you know oh. uh, the Bagoret site is a not so touristy site um, but then from and by touristy I mean like it's not often it's not the yeah it's not a route that's taken a lot yeah but then again how but far a good up, one to take. up to what level is that? not very far up no no oh. quite low quite low because okay. beyond that is the forest property it's oh. a protected area yeah okay yeah so um that's interesting um, so guys you should there. climb it yeah maybe one of yeah. those days that but killing can be so how often like for example after you've gone to the mountain how long do you need to rest before you go again or can you go almost every other two weeks yeah you can um a friend of mine is a guide and he's gone uh he started he, he went on his first trip when he was 18 mm. and now he's 28 i think and okay. he's climbed about 100 times ah. so no over 100 times maybe oh, 110 yeah. or yeah something like that yeah so you can climb if you're fit and you're mm. you know motivated you can go as mm. often as you there's people who almost live there like the porters mm. you know mm. they, are, they they are not even they're company agnostic sometimes you know they take go with this guide if he has many guests then next week they are going with another guide yeah so there's people who are constantly up there very strong guys yeah um, some, some time ago there were fires on the mountain yeah. every every year maybe around yeah. February especially on the lower Chogoria Meru side there's also the most recent ones mm. um, well, this being yeah. set up it's, it's, deliberately by some people yeah, for what reason yeah there's a <laughs> a bit one of the reasons is actually a bit unfortunate in uh, in this it's pseudoscience so um there's a belief that if you if the rain imekwamia uko juu you know the rain is not coming soon enough yeah if you you, you start a fire and the smoke will trigger trigger the, rain. <laughs> the clouds <laughs> will <laughs> trigger <laughs> the rain so there's <laughs> that <laughs> yeah wana semanga ati you know they say it's scientific yeah. the people who do it yeah but uh, i don't know it's, yeah, it's a bit um, correlation is not causation they say yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's nice and uh, yeah. we talk about say uh, mountain climbing have but you ever... trees that have been sorry no same with those fires there's a lot of uh, old vegetation that's been lost yeah there's, i know uh, i understand but then yeah, again uh, yeah, trees that are hundreds of years old mm, yeah, does it affect the animals also Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of small mammals are just scorched and, you know. Yeah, ecosystem really is fragile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um we talked a bit about the mountain climbing, you were also talking about the plants and what you do. So, yeah. Uh tell us a bit about it. Sorry. <laughs> well, eh. <laughs> corona, corona, corona. <laughs> since 
since uh, 2015, even yeah. when I was there in 2015, there was a lot of yeah. stuff, a lot of hints uh, of the town really coming up and growing. There were a lot of, at one point we counted and there were about 20 branches of, of, of you know, banks. Banks had branches yeah. and wherever bank go, there's money. Yeah. At one time, I think yeah. there were about 20 branches of uh, yeah. bank financial institutions. And I'm yeah. sure, and I've been reading, and I've been seeing the celebration of 100 years of Manuki the other day. And I'm sure the town has yeah. really grown at the moment. Can you comment yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, there's been a major transformation. Um, mm. I think a, a big part of it was just the change of administration. Um, because yeah and also from 20 because i i have been photographing Nanuki for a while just sort of you know i, I had an, i had an interest in the rivers you mm-hmm. know in how urbanization affects uh, rivers in rural areas mm-hmm. because um the same problems that are in nairobi kind of are imported you know to rural places when when they start to develop, yeah. Um, so I was, I was just documenting, you know, when there's a place so that people dump, I just take some pictures, you mm. know. And I've noticed uh, in, in through the years, it's, it's dramatic transformation, you know. Mm. There's places where the like just the road from where I live going to town was there was no road there before. Now there's a road. Um, there's drainage. Drainage has really there's a lot of cleanup efforts have happened. Mm. Um, if you remember the area outside Marina, used to have a lot of um, curios. Yes, um, so that was a yeah, and and they were moved to uh, a market. All the shops in town are moved to the market, mm. and there's you know it's, it's net positive I think, but there was a lot of also opposition mm. because yeah, people feel like they're farther from the money, you know. Yes. Uh, you're not really exposed to the to your direct clients and all that. Um, so it's really changed in that way. It, it looks a lot cleaner. Um, there's a lot more establishments. You know, there's one or two more choice of restaurants. Yeah. You see more new faces. Yeah, real estate. Back, back then, we used to struggle really to get houses. Decent housing was a problem. Um, because also the other thing, British Army was still living in town a lot. Um, Are they no longer living in town? Because of that. Yeah, not not in you know like where where I am right now. Mm. This was a British Army house. Oh, I know. see. Um, and so where did they go? Not where anymore. I think to the base, so they were accommodated. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, yeah, all, all in one area. Mm. Um, they are now like in even there. There's an estate outside of the base, but <clears> it's only British Army people in there. I guess it's better for. You know, okay. um, keeping tabs on everything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really also eased up on the cost of housing a little bit. Mm-hmm. It used to be so expensive um, to get decent. Um, it's still compared to other towns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So saying, um, mm-hmm. it's yeah. really grown and become a bit bigger, and there's more. You don't recognize every face in town now, which is uh, good. Um, which is good. <laughs> before you, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to know everyone. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want to know. know. You don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. The, I remember uh, some time ago those they, they used to be here in Pride. Although they bring a lot of business, the the barracks, the the British army. Yeah. But I saw when the new yeah, in town. I don't know whether they yeah. still that uh, excitement. Really. Mm. It feels like a bygone era, you know. Ah. There's no, um, yeah, you don't get the dramatic uh, shenanigans you would get back then, you know. Okay. But there was a time they would even fight, and you get it in the paper. And, I remember. You know, <laughs> there's, uh, a, there's a joke I remember. Okay. About, there's a joke I remember about Nanyuki when uh, yeah. you know, particularly when you mentioned about the curio being moved to the market. I remember. Yeah. I remember some years back, even before I came to Nanyuki. The curious guys yeah. were the curious guys around the, the equator. When the equator cruises the yeah. road, yeah, they used to harass tourists so much 
So they were kicked yeah. away. They were kicked out of place. Yeah. So after yeah. they were kicked out, they went and created another equator. A few kilometers away. <laughs> a, few kilometers, a, few, a few meters from the equator. Yeah. Where they put well, like no one meter. knows how wide the equator is. Yes, this imaginary we, line. How yeah, thin right? is it? Yes. A millimeter thin. Yeah, so it could be put, as wide as a road. Yeah, you know? they put as their own sideboard where equator is there. So it was very interesting. But you keep, at that point, they had two equators. Yeah. So thank yeah. you very much for your time. It's a special place. It's a yes. special place. Yeah. yeah, I don't know whether you have you any other... Uh, I don't know whether you have any uh, other final message because uh, we are close to getting to the end of the interview. Maybe... Yeah, I would, I would, I would just say uh, buy pictures of Mount Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> from you. <laughs> yeah, from me on the link below. Yeah, the link below. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yes, we are uh, going to put, mountain, yes, we are going to put a, a link below from where you can buy not only pictures of Mount Kenya yeah. but any other pictures that uh, yeah, and Jeff, other art. Uh, Jeff Pavero yeah. has yeah. taken. And on that yeah. note, on, on that note, also you are you should also like. You should and actually, like, yes. yeah, I yeah. should also add uh, my my newest where I'm sitting right now is uh, my painting. This is where I paint from. My mm. my newest. I've, I've tried to go back to doing art a lot more. And, okay. Um, uh, yeah. So there's also paintings. Also paintings. Print print <laughs> All right. So thank you very yeah. much, Jeff. And uh, it's been a pleasure hosting you. Very good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah. As I told you, the first, not only in 2021, but the first in these videos. <laughs> So say hi to our friends, Kina Edwin. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. And other guys, and I'm sure we'll meet again and be taking one of yeah. our friends to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all the best and God bless. Uh, yeah, you too. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in. You can send us questions or comments through our Facebook page, This Oasis Africa. Where you can also get a link to our web WhatsApp page. You can also listen to Blaze Oasis Radio and podcasts through the through links found in our website, blazeoasis.co.ke. Thank you, and let's meet here again soon.